0: This is a podcast by The Business Times, presented by Trust Bank.
1: When it comes to personal financial management, digital processes are a must these days. Many customers want remote account opening, online banking options, and an easy-to-use app.
2: What annoys the most is limited opening hours, lengthy processes, and having to go to a bank branch to open an account. So it looks like the future of banking lies in the hands of digital banks. But what about cybercrime and digital bank fraud? How can you be sure your money is safe? For more insights, we speak to Dwai Payan Sadhu, CEO of Trust Bank. Welcome to the Business Times Future of Finance podcast. Dwai, it's a pleasure to have you join us. Welcome to the episode.
3: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Why what are the differences between traditional and digital banks? Help dispel some of our possible misconceptions surrounding digital banks.
3: That's a great question. Let me start with the cliche. Why do we even need a digital bank? Everyone has spoken so much about all the traditional banks are digitalizing. Everybody has got digital apps and you can do so many things on those apps. So why do you really need a digital bank? But when you speak to our customers and when you speak to you, we often find out that there still exist significant gaps in the customer experience in the traditional banking apps. Often, the banking apps and the digital banking experience are just a wrapper on an analog banking system. So as a result, many transactions, many things that you do on the app are not real-time. Very often, the experience that you feel with the apps are not as good as the experience that you feel with a digitally native app, for example, say an e-commerce app or a social media app. And there is a big experience deficit. So what is a digital bank? A digital bank has no legacy technology. A digital bank is completely free of any of the technological challenges that may hold back a legacy organization. A digital bank builds everything from the ground up, working closely with the clients, solves real client problems, and brings to the client a delightful experience. So for example, we at Trust Bank, we have just launched three months back And we have received fantastic client response. And this is on the back of the products and experiences that we have created, working closely with the clients for over the last two years. And of course, all of this is only enabled by cutting-edge technology.
2: Could you tell us then, what are some of the other benefits customers can enjoy with digital banks?
3: What we are increasingly observing is that digital banking and new technologies enable you to offer newer models of banking, which was not hitherto possible. For example, we have spoken about ecosystem banking or embedded finance for quite some time now. These are not new concepts. But if we look around, there are very few examples of successful implementation of an ecosystem banking. And one of the reasons were that it was very difficult to plug and play a banking product into an ecosystem. And you were always held back by legacy technology. Today, tech makes it possible. For example, we at Trust Bank are working closely with NTUC and the Fairprice group, and we have embedded our products deeply into the ecosystem. So as the client shops at Fairprice, as the client has a coffee at Kopitiam, as the client goes through a conversation at Income, we are able to embed ourselves into the client journey. And through this, we are able to create real tangible benefit for the client. For example, we are offering up to 21% rebate for shopping at fair price. Now, as you know, everyone is worried about inflation. We're all talking about the cost of daily essentials going up. So what's better than having real tangible savings on your daily essentials through the combination of fair price ecosystem and the banking experience that we are building? So this is a quick example of what a new banking model can offer. What's even more important and what's even equally exciting is the experience. Now, tell me, who today does not like reward points? We all in Singapore love our reward points and our cashback and our vouchers. But just think of how analog and how old school some of these experiences are. If you want to track your reward points, you can't. All banks have quite complex requirements that you need to meet to maximize your reward points but you are supposed to keep track of them through an Excel sheet or maybe in a diary. But today through tech and through our mobile experience, we have digitized the entire experience. You can real-time track how far away are you from maximizing your rewards. Or take coupons, for example, we have digitized the entire coupon experience. It's at your fingertips and we are seeing really good client take up and client feedback on these experiences.
1: But here in Singapore, most consumers are already quite well banked. Why is there this need for digital banks then?
3: There are a number of banking apps. There are a number of digital banking interfaces which are available from the traditional banks in Singapore. So a common question we get is what is it that a digital bank will offer that will be so much different from what they are already getting. But what we are finding out through our conversations with our clients is that, yes, I can actually do many of the transactions But guess what? Very often, these transactions don't always work the way they're supposed to. Very often, the transactions are not real time. In fact, there is this very funny example that one of our clients gave us recently, where when he or she wanted to open an account with one of the banking providers, it was a digital account opening, but it was only available during branch opening hours. So it just shows that while we have digitized the front end, the back end very often continues to be old and analog. So what does a digital bank do? It completely revolutionizes this experience. For example, we at Trust Bank are opening a credit card account in under four minutes from the time you download the app to the time that you have your card available with you on your mobile wallet. That's under four minutes. Or take a savings account. That's under three minutes. These are as good as an online shopping experience. These are as good as an experience that you have on any other digital app. Clients today are increasingly demanding, and they are expecting these experiences from their banks. So, even though it's true that there are many, many features which are available in traditional banking apps, clients don't feel always that it actually meets their elevated needs of today.
1: Up next, Are you ready to take the leap into full digital banking? Or are there situations when you might still prefer to deal with your bank face-to-face?
0: This episode of Future of Finance is presented by Trust Bank. And now, back to the podcast.
2: We are speaking with Dwai Sadhu, CEO of Trust Bank. Dwai, we've been discussing the digital banking space. Is it possible that with greater speed comes greater risk? What are your thoughts? How can the concerns of risk and fraud be addressed?
3: That's a really great question. And I think that's where it is so important for us to realize that even though we are a digital bank, even though we are talking about experience and revolutionizing how banking is done, at the end of the day, we have a huge responsibility on us. We are custodians of the client's money and of the client's data and of the client's trust. So it is really important for us to have a lot of emphasis and focus on risk management, on governance, on compliance. And this is where I think we at Trust Bank have a really strong benefit and a strong advantage, which comes from our parent. As you know, we are backed by Standard Chartered. The Standard Chartered is the oldest bank in Singapore. It has over 160 years of heritage in Singapore. Now, being our parent, we have gained heavily from the bank in terms of risk management, in terms of governance, in terms of real best practice sharing of security, fraud, And this has really helped us to harden our systems. It has helped us to make sure that even as we are bringing cutting-edge experiences, even as we are bringing speed, we are in no way compromising on security. In fact, if anything, we are actually putting even more focus on making sure that the customer is safe, secure, and that you can bank safely with us. These days, bad actors are everywhere. Everybody would be trying to take advantage of one slip-up that the client may make. Hence, we are also focusing a lot on education. We are making sure we're telling the client how you can bank safely and securely. Now, one of the key advantages that we also have is that the only way to bank with us is through the app. Now, it might sound a little bit strange if I'm only banking within one way, isn't it more difficult? But in reality, that is actually much more secure. If you are banking with me in an online environment, in an app, in a phone banking, and in many other places, it gives a bad actor that many more chances to go and try to break that. Whereas for us, it's only the app, and the client knows that as long as I'm in the app, I am protected.
1: Learning from what you've seen in other markets, what do you think it takes to make a successful digital bank in Singapore?
3: Digital banks are not new. They're relatively new in the scheme of things, but it's not that they just got invented in the last one year. Many digital banking experiments have happened in many parts of the world over the last many years. And this has actually given us an advantage in Singapore that we can learn from what has worked in other places, and we can also avoid what have been the pitfalls in the other places. So what are some of the key learnings that really stand out? I think the number one key learning that we have seen from the digital banks that have done well worldwide is that you must solve a real client need. And number two, you must have a great experience. These two are almost double stakes. If you don't have that, then as a digital bank, you really cannot demand the client to bank with you. But in some way, this is just the beginning. Just because you have a great experience doesn't mean a client is suddenly going to move its banking relationship to you. So that's why it's really important to have a good, diverse product set that meets the different needs of the client. Now, in many parts of the world, we have seen banks going to market only with a very simple product, either a payment or a deposit account. And then over time really struggling to build a meaningful client relationship. We learned from that. So when we launched in Singapore, we actually have four products which are available. Number one, we have a deposit account, which pays really attractive interest rate. Number two, we have a credit card, which is embedded into the fair price ecosystem and offers you tangible savings. Number three, we have a really affordable insurance and number four, wrapped around all of this, we have a very attractive rewards program. And this is a very important point that we learned from the other digital banking experiments or examples worldwide. And the final point, of course, is that risk management compliance is as important as technology and products. And we have really focused on this. We really want to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success in many, many years to come. And as a result, we must earn the right to earn the trust of the clients.
2: Do I? What about the high-touch nature of banking, especially in wealth management? How can digital banks attract those who prefer face-to-face interactions?
3: Clearly, there is a different range of banking interactions and products which are getting digitized and which are getting served through various channels over time. But what we are really finding out increasingly that this line that existed between digital and physical has gotten blurred. And in some cases, it has actually been completely removed. Let me give you an example of a myth that exists. Many people say that digital banks today are for the young. These are for the people who are millennials. These are the people who are teenagers. They are the ones who like these digital banking fancy apps. But guess what? A recent research shows that over 80% of Singapore's seniors who are about 65 years old have actually used digital banking to access their banking in the last one year. And as you all know, the pandemic has accelerated digitalization. So almost everyone across all demographics are banking digitally. In fact, our own example also shows that over 10% of our clients are above 65 years old. You usually would not expect that from a digital bank. Almost every product nowadays is getting served digitally. Now we understand many clients are in different stages of evolution in their digital journey. Some clients are completely digital. Some clients are digital, but maybe they require a little more convincing to take the last step. And we understand and appreciate that. So we have actually addressed that. We have recently opened a customer experience center within a fair price store in Vivosity. Now, why did you open that? This is not a banking branch. You can't withdraw cash. You can't do a transaction in there. But it is meant to be an educational center. It is meant to help clients who need that last convincing. It is meant to help clients who maybe they're comfortable digitally, but they really are not 100% there yet. And they're looking for that one human touch to really convince them. So this is the space that we have opened to address whatever last questions that clients may have to take the leap into digital banking.
1: What are the new developments in the space you're keeping an eye on and preparing for? Tell us
3: why. The world of technology and the world of digital is moving at a speed of light. Almost every day you hear of new things happening. And at this stage, it will be impossible to say which of these will be winners and which of these will not be. So how do we react to all of this? Number one, we really evaluate every new technological development, every new digital development. And we also look at innovations from around the world to see if there are learnings. But importantly, we don't get distracted with everything that's happening. Almost everything looks like a shiny toy, but not everything will be useful. So it's important for us to really understand, is this piece of technology either solving a very important client need, or is this piece of technology really solving a banking operations problem that will really help us streamline processes? If the answer to the both of these are not really, then even though the technology may be fancy, we may not be getting into there. But number two, we also look at what type of technologies, what type of new developments exist, which can help us to keep the client safe and secure. There's a lot of work going on around the world in security, in fraud control, in making sure that everything that we are building is top-notch when it comes to security and safety. So that's another thing that we are keeping a very close eye on to make sure that we really work with partners who can bring to us new technologies and new innovations that can help us keep our clients safe.
2: We've been speaking with Dwai Payan Sadhu, CEO of Trust Bank on the future of finance. Dwai, thank you for the information and the insights. It's been a pleasure talking with you.
3: Thank you so much for inviting me.
1: On behalf of the Business Times podcast team, thank you for joining us. We look forward to sharing more information with you about digitalization and transformation in the financial sector on the Business Times future of finance join us for the next episode on january 12th
0: this episode of future of finance podcast was presented by trust bank the future of finance podcast series is powered by audio augmentation technology that was a podcast from the business times send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg find us on apple spotify google podcast or via the google voice assistant amazon enabled devices for more podcasts by the Straits Times, the Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.